Well, good day, everyone. This is Mark Tinsley, and you're joining me today on The Message, which is a ministry of inquiry for today. Well, today we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38, in a message that I've entitled, The Human Element. So if you'll join me in Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who will lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words... In this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And again, that's Mark chapter 8, verses 31 through 38. You know, as human beings, we all make mistakes, don't we? <laughs> There's so many times in our lives when we, we stick our foot in our mouths. Uh, we are fallen and we are depraved. It kind of reminds me of uh, a police officer. Uh, police officer pulls over a man, uh, walks up to the car and says, isn't it kind of stupid to be driving so fast in this weather? It was a rainy day. And the driver says, well, I don't know who's stupid. I'm in the dry car and you're out there standing in the rain. Well, of course, most of us wouldn't uh, stick our foot in our mouths quite that bad. Maybe wouldn't be quite as brazen as this man on a rainy day. Uh, but we all have stumbled, we've all faltered, and we've all failed. We've all encountered what I'll call in this message the human element. And we've all fallen victim, victim to its toxins, haven't we? And the human element is composed of many things. It's a great mixture of things to include pride, greed, ignorance, selfishness, bitterness, gluttony, and many other things to include just plain stupidity and dumb luck. The human element is quite simply all the crazy and unfortunate stuff, I'll call it, that we get ourselves into as we navigate this fallen world as fallen people. I mean, it's the apples we take from the tree of life, isn't it? It's the unfortunate things that, well, that make us human. And as we approach our passage of Scripture this morning, you know, Mark chapter 8, 31 through 30, I want you to notice the many references in here to the human element. Now, the superficial message of this passage has to do with Jesus' death and resurrection. And Jesus has brought the disciples together on this occasion to share with them what it is he's come to earth to do. It's a time of intimacy and candor that our Lord has with his closest confidants. But as we know, things don't go smoothly, do they? Impetuous Peter, as he so often does, lets his mouth get ahead of his mind, and he blurts out something that seemingly gets under Jesus' skin, something that sends Jesus on a bit of a diatribe. Peter, in other words, demonstrates the human element. 
And Jesus starts off in verses 31 and the beginning of 32, and he tells us, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly, Scripture tells us. So you see, Jesus has laid out in plain English, if you will, or should we say plain Aramaic, what it is that he's going to do. There should be no question as to what he's saying. There should be no question as to the future. There should be no question that something supernatural is going to occur in the life of Jesus. He's going to die, but then he's going to rise again. He said it plainly. Nevertheless, verse 32 continues, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, that's a pretty bold thing to do, isn't it? To rebuke the Son of God. But Peter demonstrates his typical foot and mouth disease, as my dad used to say, and gives Jesus a piece of his mind. He demonstrates the human element. The the divine element, as it were, has just spoken. But Peter comes along, as many of us do in life, right? And he mixes the toxic human element with it. Peter pollutes things. And what happens next? Verse 33. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. You see, the rebuke turns right back on Peter, doesn't it? Jesus goes guns on him. Jesus refers to Peter as Satan and tells him to get out of the way, to shut up and move on. (laughs) how do you think that would make you feel if Jesus told you these things how would it feel to have the son of God rebuke you in such a harsh manner I'm sure it wouldn't make any of us feel too good but it demonstrates the human element doesn't it that aspect of us that thinks we know what is good for us that part of us that doesn't want to listen to God but rather wants to do it our own way that part of us in our pride and arrogance that thinks we know best you know I was an infantry officer some years ago, many years ago now. And I remember I was in the the, uh, tactical operations center with my company commander. I was an executive officer of a company. My company commander was in there with me. And he said something to me. I can't remember what it was, but I remember I I rebuked him. I I really was insubordinate, to be honest with you. And I remember him taking me outside uh, because there were other people around. So he took me outside, did the right thing as a leader. He took me outside. And he chastised me. And I remember him telling me that I was, out of, I was out of line, I was out of place, that he was the commander, and that I needed to subordinate myself to him. And he was right. Everything he said was right. Because you know what? I was arrogant. And I was prideful. And things didn't go well for me in that instance because I demonstrated the human element. And I'm sure everyone has a story like this from your life. A time when you went at it alone, where you struck out without the wise counsel of others or of God, where you fell prey to the human element. And as our passage continues, we see that Jesus, Jesus's fire is really lit, as it were, as, by Peter's attempt at rebuke. I mean, Jesus didn't appreciate this very much. And what he says next can only be described as a dissertation on the human element. That's, that's how I would call it. Jesus launches off on a a tongue-lashing diatribe, if you will. Starting in verse 34, he says this. 
And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Do you hear the human element in here? Jesus indirectly but clearly continues his rebuke of Peter and of all mankind by highlighting the selfishness inherent in man. He says, for whoever would save his life. He's talking about selfishness there. He also is talking, he, he highlights uh, this idea of uh, uh, forgiving, for man forgiving into the wiles and temptations of the world. He says, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? So he kind of chastises the, the crowd for that. He also chastises them for being ashamed of Jesus and for the gospel. He says, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words. And he, and he finally kind of gets on them for, for being adulterous and sinful. He says, in this adulterous and sinful generation. You see, Jesus throws this human element in the disciples' faces. He rebukes them for the things that draw them away from God, for the things that ruin their testimonies before God and man, and the things that prove their depravity. But maybe you're sitting there saying, well, Pastor Mark, I, I can't help but be human, right? I am human. The human element is an involuntary thing. that It's just simply part of who I am. I mean, Romans 3.23 says that I'm a sinner. What do I do? Well, Jesus answers that question in our passage today. At the same time that he is identifying the various negative aspects of the human element, he is also proclaiming the antidotes for it. And the overarching solution is simple. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Folks, the central step in dealing with the human element is to give up on our own wisdom, to give up on our own ways, to give up on our own self-leadership. Jesus says very simply, follow me. I told you a little bit ago that I was an infantryman, an infantry officer before. And the the... The principle, the, the mantra of the infantry is follow me. There's a guy at Fort Benning, Georgia, the home of the infantry. His name's Iron Mike. It's a big statue, and he stands there with his right arm up in the air, motioning for the infantry to follow him, to follow me. And when we think about this command to follow me, whether it's infantry or Jesus here, it's, follow me is a command, but it's also an invitation. It's a challenge, but it's also a comfort. It's out front leading the charge, but it's also that which comes alongside and encourages. Follow me is more than just a command. Follow me is something that says, hey, come with me. Join me in this journey. What, what better than to know that the God of this universe is leading and inviting all at the same time? Give up your own desires, wants, and selfish ambitions, and just follow me, Jesus says. The problem is, we as human beings, we, we oftentimes don't want to follow anyone. We, we want to go it alone. 
We want to be Peter and to take matters into our own hands. But God's call on our lives, folks, is one of submission. It's a call to volitionally, it's a call to volitionally give in to the wisdom of God, vice our own wisdom. It is a willful emptying of the human element. And Jesus expounds on this idea of emptying oneself of the human element and submission by saying in this passage that we must give up our lives for the sake of the gospel, that we must not relinquish our souls to the world, that we must not be ashamed of him. That's what he's saying in verse 34 and following. He's saying, you got to give up your life. You can't hold on to it. You you can't give up your soul to the world. You got to hang on to it and give it to God. You can't be ashamed of Christ, but you've got to hold him up in glory and pride and, 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 and confidence. And all of this, folks, falls under the umbrella of follow me. So, I mean, what's the practical application of all of this? What, what do we do with it? Well, I think we do two things. First, we recognize that the human element, that we have it. It's, in, it's part of who we are as human beings. We recognize that temptation and sin are always pulling us away from God. We recognize the ways that we don't follow God, that we don't submit to God, that we act like Peter and we rebuke God. We recognize the times that we're more concerned about our temporal lives, our comforts and our pleasures than we are the life God has for us. We recognize that when we, are, when we have forfeited or when we are forfeiting our souls to the world and we recognize those times when, like spiritual cowards, we deny the name of Christ. And I don't think it's any coincidence here, folks, that Jesus is rebuking the disciples of being ashamed of him or the potential of being ashamed of him when we know what Peter does later at Jesus' trial. You know, there's an old saying that before you can fix a problem, you got to identify the problem and, and admit there is a problem. And I think that's our first step. We've got to say that we possess the human element. We've got to see those aspects of our lives, those corners of our lives where the human element is controlling us. We've got to recognize it, know it, and admit it. And then secondly, We have to take the willful step to follow Jesus. We have to put aside our sin, our own desires and wants, and we have to take up our crosses, the burdens of our faith, right? And strike out on a mission for the Lord. But this isn't easy. We know this. This is not easy. Nevertheless, it is our spiritual destiny. It's what we're called to do. Indeed, the only way to counteract the human element is to hasten a spiritual chemical reaction with it by introducing the divine element, by allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us and work in our lives, by coming alongside Christ through regular devotions and prayer, and by living a life of fellowship and service through the church. And yes, by living the simple precept of the great commandment, the greatest commandment, to love God, and to love others. How are we doing with these things this morning? How are you handling your human element? You know, if we don't handle the human element, we're assured that the human element 
will handle us. But through right submission to God, we can put the human element in its rightful place. And that rightful place is a place that is subsumed under the greater and purer divine element. Folks, I just want to encourage you today that Jesus has a place for each of us. We have the human element, but we have the greater divine element in work the, at work in our lives through the Holy Spirit. And if we submit, if we submit, God can work through that divine element to counteract the human element to make us into the image of Christ. And you know, the first step is to recognize the human element. And then the second step is to follow Jesus. Will you follow Jesus with me today? Let's try to do that. Let's be followers of Christ. Thank you.